That's not just the sound of that first sip of Morning Joe. It's the sound of someone shopping for a car on Carvana from the comfort of home. That's a good blend. It's time to take it easy, like answering some easy questions to get pre-qualified for a car in minutes. Talk about starting the morning right. Just like customizing your terms so your car fits your budget. Mm, mm, mm. Visit Carvana.com or download the app to experience car shopping the way it should be. Convenient. Comfortable. Ah. This is. This is WGN Television 9. Channel 9. Channel 9 Chicago. Chicago. Coming to you from atop the John Hancock building. Welcome to the world's greatest newspaper television podcast. I'm Brian Say. And I'm Ross McAbee. We're WGN's first and only podcast. If you're listening to us on WGNTV.com, you can also subscribe on Apple Podcasts. We've got a big show. Uh, we're not going to waste any time. Normally we tease stuff, but we're just going to jump into it because we landed a huge guest. The hugest. That's right. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Paul freaking Conrad. How are you, Paul? Oh, I could not be better. Excited to, to be here with you guys and to keep uh, the dream alive. Right on. As we All like right. To say. Uh, let's get to the hard-hitting questions. All right. What do you away. like on your pizza? And can we get Ooh. some pizza later, maybe? Yeah, but let's get some pizza. I've been kind of shifting around on my Ooh. pizzas lately. Um, I'm going to say I like a little basil okay. uh, and a little um, tomato. What, yeah. what did you shift from? Where were no you? No meat options. I used to be all over. I used to be like pepperoni, onion, and um, mushroom. Okay. Okay. But I've I been, respect that. I'm like kind of a little bit more like a simple margarita pizza okay. in some ways. A little lighter. A little lighter. You know, I make my own. Uh, oh, yeah. Oh. So yeah, I've got an old uh, recipe. So we could maybe come over later. We'll post yeah, come on, come on by. Post it's, that on the website. Yeah, after? yeah. Okay. It's a spectacular recipe. I'll share it with you guys someday. And the lighter the pizza, the more beer intake. That's right. It. You gotta leave That's room. You gotta have the right uh, mix and match. This is making a lot of sense. Yeah. All right, so let's get to WGN. You've okay. been on the WGN Morning News for more than twenty years now. Uh, viewers know about the chemistry you have with Larry, Robin, and Pat. Uh, we're just curious. Do you guys have like any rules as you engage one another on the show uh, over the years? Have you formed these things? There are a couple of rules that um, like the first rule that comes to my mind is no one wears cologne. Like I don't, that's, the, the, that's the, serious. That's, that's serious. Yeah. Right. Like uh, and really it's because Robin, uh, I don't know if I was wearing it, but she laid down this rule 20 yeah. some years ago and she got it from. Buzz, when she was working with John Jonathan Brandmeier, he told her, "Listen, uh, don't wear any cologne or perfume. It's a rude thing to do to your coworkers." And so, as she told us this story, I think Larry and I both were like, "All right, we get the message." Yeah. Not that either of us were cologne wearers in the first place, uh-huh. but there's not a uh, month-long period that goes by that she doesn't share that story. And there have been times that I've put on like a different deodorant that has a little extra scent to it and i'm scared to death that she's going to beat the crap out of me in the parking lot right so that's rule number one okay um do we smell all right for you You guys right smell now? great uh, and i love the more it smells uh, the merrier okay. for me i feel deprived i go home and i start pouring all kinds of stuff on me and my wife's like what are you putting this on now for i'm like because robin's gonna kill me if i right. you know, i got so many jars of cologne right that you can only go through so much in such a period you of gotta time. live outside yeah. of here yeah. yeah so anyhow that's the first thing i do when i get in my car is i lather on some uh cologne <laughs> okay. uh other rules kind of um you know, we have managed to develop and maintain these relationships with having minimal relationships outside of work, if that makes any sense. Okay. Like, we're we're not texting each other regularly. Um, we're not calling each other regularly. We don't hang out a lot. We don't hang out. Yeah. Uh, maybe we we'll get together once every three or four years. Right. Okay. Uh, if there's a funeral or <laughs> right. something that right. we feel like we should all go to. But it's kind of this unspoken rule where we see enough of each other and have seen enough each of each other for the last 23 years. Let's not mess this up. Right, right. And it's probably smart. I spend more, I was thinking, I spent, have spent more time with those guys than I've spent with my wife and children. So right. the less, the better, I think. Well, it's kind of like a long, 
not a long distance relationship, but it's like, you know, you kind of enjoy the time you have together because you're not always on when you you can get away from it. Right. And you're afraid you're going to screw it up also. I will, I should also throw in there that um, beyond that rule, there are, of course, the life circumstances on things that really matter, right? Like, um, I will say that I feel uh, like Robin is my sister, right? Like that if something is going on with her, if she's if one of her kids are sick or something, then I, and I will say this about Larry also, surprisingly, Larry is like a great friend. Like sure. he is the guy who calls to make sure everyone's all right. And so that exists, but those really are more in rare, rare times, right? Like right. we know there's want, this. When you want care. to be there for each other. Right. We're yeah. always there. And you have a history. Right. Yeah. Like I went and saw Larry in the hospital one time. Yeah. This oh. was uh, 10 years ago or so. <laughs> and <laughs> I felt like maybe I was ruining our stuff by being right, there. Right, right. But was, we had a lovely time. What yeah. was the nature of the visit? Uh, he just likes to check into the hospital every <laughs> once in a while. Okay. And he says to them, I'm not feeling great, even though he feels fine. Right. But he likes to have them come and do tests on him and things like right. that. And I thought it was an emergency. So I'm hauling ass to get up there. Bring flowers. And he's like, yeah, I'm not feeling well. And then he's winking at me, you know, right, as the nurse right. comes in and out. Like he's perfectly fine, so I'm like, hey, whatever. You know, and if you want me to come, I'm here. Right, so, Lake Forest like Hospital. They got it's great food, great, great cafeteria. Hospital. He took me right down right. there. It was the first thing. It's like a resort. Like, I can see why you checked in. I just don't feel good either. I'm going to see if I can stay a week here. So then he gets away from his wife and kids. It's yeah. a brilliant idea. And insurance covers like ninety percent. Right. Of it. So he's a it's lot a smarter than he comes across on TV. <laughs> so. Talk about like chemistry and what you guys do, you know, as far as rules. But like after two decades, how do you keep the chemistry, the magic? You know, there's something that sets apart WGN Morning News from the other morning yeah. shows. Uh, I got to like the first thought that comes to my mind is like Robin Baumgarten. I'm so thankful to have her as a coworker because she laughs at like 85% of what I say. Yes. And I walk out of here each day thinking, like maybe 10% of that was funny. Right. But she laughs at right. 90, like 90% of it. I'm like, that's the best thing right. ever, right? right? And when you're in the company of someone who will laugh at you, just you feel like, all right, I'm going to keep going. Yes. I'm going to really bring it right. because she's rolling on the floor laughing. And it's probably not that funny, but you get right. confused because she's laughing. Meanwhile, Potash is over there, you know, rolling his eyeballs and, right. you know, checking to see what kind of car he's going to buy next. Right. And uh, so, so checks and balances. Yeah, yeah. I, and I think it does work because ultimately, I think there is this level of authentic uh, care for each other, and there's this level of safety where we can harass each other publicly, and it's safe. Because we all know that we authentically care for each other, right. so this is a so this is a good little side story. Yeah. So this is ten fifteen years ago. They introduce a new musical, new music to the show, like you know how you have the theme music, da 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 da, the cart, yeah. right? New cart, right? But they don't tell us that new music is coming, right? And it's a new music cart or bed as being that they've spent thousands of dollars on, right? But they don't tell any of us. So it comes on, and I'm listening. I'm like, this blows. This music sucks. And I say it out loud on TV, and Larry's like, yeah, who the hell picked this out? This really blows. And Robin chimes in on it. And so all of us, and at the time, I really thought it sucked. I didn't think it was that great of music. (laughs) Well, we get a notice, an email saying, please come to the news director's office immediately, uh, right after the show. I'm like, oh, boy, what did we do? I can't imagine anything that we had done. I'm thinking I didn't swear or I did did nothing wrong. And I will say, so we get into the news director's office, who, nice guy. I like the guy a lot. But... He says, uh, let me just say at one point, you can bleep this out, I'm called a f***ing asshole. Okay. <laughs> and the guy says, hey, what the f*** are you doing making fun of that music? Do you have any idea how many people have worked and busted their ass to make this music the best possible music? You guys are the biggest ass 
assholes around. And you, the fact that you would make fun of that is so insulting. And he is like, I got ripped to shreds oh, okay. in this meeting, right? Yeah. And like, I'm shocked because in the years that we've been here, I've never, you know, rarely do I get that kind of a, you yeah. know, a beat down. Right. Larry Potash, in a moment of brilliance, says, hey, listen, what are you so worked up over? I call Robin a whore on TV <laughs> regularly. You never are pissed off about that. What are you yelling at us about this stuff for? So it's kind of like the, the safety of being able to be honest. Right. It must, be, it must totally suck to be in management here <laughs> and to put up with... You know, the stupid stuff that we're saying. But he was genuinely furious. Well, when we sat down with Jen Lyons, she said, you know, on the morning show, sort of her rule with you guys is, you can make my stomach hurt, but don't make me throw up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's fair, cool. right? Yeah. And I think that we are teeter on that. Uh, those body parts are very close to each other. So <laughs> yes. you got to be very careful. The slightest thing can right. make a projectile. So... But I think there is that where, like, Larry can call Robin a whore on TV, and she knows that he still loves her and that it's there's that freedom because of the closeness of right. our actual caring for each other that she's not going to go head up to HR and say, hey, that ass. He called me a whore on TV yeah. right. because she will then fire back and right. give it right, right. back to us. So yeah, yeah. that I think this is really pretty rare in news teams where people can be really do zings that have the potential to hurt. Right. But you also really know that, Hey, and the other part of it also is that because the show has been successful for as long as it has been, um, I think we also kind of know there's some, it's fairly safe. Like we're, we don't want to blow this thing up. We don't want to screw it up, but we also know that we can dance on that line and do things that if half of what was said on our show was said on good morning America or something, right. those people would have been fired long ago. Right. Like I'm in shock that I right. still have a job here right. at times. Are there ever times or can you think of any big time where you've said something to Larry or Robin or Pat and you've like, thought i need to apologize to them yeah, uh, maybe not to them i'm trying to i called uh, them some i'm trying to remember uh i called them jagoffs uh which i don't think is a uh doesn't sound terrible to me now, yeah the fcc might disagree yeah so i got called in on that one right and i'm like huh I don't even know what a jag off is, right? right. Like, uh, yeah. it's one of those. It's like a jack loader, right? I don't even know what it is, but it sounds wrong, right? Uh huh. So, boss comes in and says, "Hey, I need you to issue an apology for using that kind of language." Uh-huh. And I'm like, "What? What?" And she goes, "I don't. Even, I don't even know, but uh, you need to apologize." Sure. And I'm like, "Do I need to apologize?" So I go to Larry and Robin. Hey, do I need to apologize? No way. You know. Right. It's, so it's confusing. And it's a, it, it's a tough line to balance because we have long believed here that TV news is generally incredibly predictable and boring. Like mm. it is, you can see it coming a mile away. You know exactly what to expect. And it's so canned and predictable that it is boring. It's boring as hell. And so if there's the possibility that somehow or other you can make that format interesting or unpredictable, all of a sudden it might be worth watching, right? Like, huh, something may slip out here that could actually be interesting. It used to be the most interesting part of a newscast was when the teleprompter went broke, went down because you're like, huh, maybe we're going to see something right. real happen Natural. here for once yeah. right. instead of all exactly. this canned BS. Right. Uh, and so we try to do that, but it often comes at the risk of, being offensive or saying something that's, yeah, maybe I should not have said right. that or that. Right. Uh, Larry, Robin, Pat, which one of them do you like the most? Ooh. <laughs> He's really thinking about that's it. Our, I didn't that's think. That's our question. Robin, Pat. <clears throat> I'm going to go with Robin. <laughs> I didn't think you'd choose. Yeah, yeah. choice. Yeah, I feel like if uh, I got to be fair. Um what do I like the most about Robin? Robin, surprisingly, she is um, she is really like this honorable woman that 
the way she cares about raising her daughters, the way she cares about people who are hurting, like she's got this side of her that nobody on TV or her coworkers really right. know. But after sitting next to her for years, I'm really struck by the goodness in her heart and how she's just got a, she's a, it sounds completely contradictory, but she's got this tender heart in her that is really great. Right. And it is exactly not who you would see. Like you see her on, t uh, she can be a ball busting heart, right? Which is also what's great about her. Like she's, I love, she's a South Side broad or chick or woman, whatever you want to call her, who is willing to fight. And I respect that about her. I will also say this is something you guys probably don't know. But when Robin and Larry first started anchoring together, it was painful for me to sit there because Robin is a fighter. Like she will not back down. If she feels strongly about something, as you guys know, oh, yeah. she'll fight. And right. uh, she won't say, oh, okay, whatever, it's fine, whatever you want to do. She'll fight if she believes she's right. And she believes she's right a lot. And she, frankly, she usually is right. That's what's so fascinating. And Larry is the exact same way. Larry's like, I'm not going to budge. If I think this is right, this is right. And so for like the first year and a half, almost every commercial break, these two are fighting with each other over content or the way really? things are being read. And I'm like, this sucks. <laughs> I'm getting out of here. Usually right. I would sit on the set all the time. But after my weather hit was done, I'm like, I'm getting the hell out of here because the last thing I want is sitting between these two right. jack is fighting with each other because they're both going to look at me and say, who's right? right, right. Exactly. I'm screwed. Right. Yeah. Yep. So... Um, with time, <laughs> they have figured it out. But it was a rough year for me. They probably would think, oh, yeah, we were, it was great. Right. But they both are comfortable with conflict and yeah. getting in each other's well, sure. The, the good thing is, is they send those emails to us. Right. Yeah. Now we so get that. you got out right. of the middle right. of it. Yeah. <laughs> right. That's what I know. They're tapping. Yeah. I'm like, oh, yeah. boy. Yeah. Listen, uh, my wife worked here as a producer. Yeah. Oh. And she let me know what it's like to be a producer mm -hmm. on this show and to put up with all of us on the set. And it was at that point I realized, all right, these guys actually have the hardest job of sitting there listening to this arrogance on the set, blowing it all out on you guys. Well, thank you. You just became the number one guest. I mean, yeah. you already were. Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. You yeah. yeah. moved yeah. up a notch. You've blown everybody up. Let's talk, let's move, switch gears, talk about your upbringing. Is it true your father didn't allow a TV in the home? Uh, we had a TV, but uh, my father, um, I'm one of seven kids, and like he would be so frustrated that we wanted to watch TV, and there was so much work to be done at the house. And he wasn't a fan of the TV in the first place, and so um, I think... There was always this conflict. I'm one of seven kids, and there were four boys and three girls, and we would wind up fighting over what was going to be watched. Mm. And one day, he'd had it. And he walks in, unplugs the TV set, picks it up, walks over to the basement door, and throws it down the stairs. <laughs> and TV was done. And yeah, that was it. Right. And that was it. Yeah. So um, he solved the problem. How, yeah, it was problem solved on his end. <laughs> so... Like, the other thing is, like, uh, the Conrads had this long history of being contrarians where if everyone's watching TV, we're not watching TV. Like, no matter, like, everyone's enjoying this magnificent apple pie. Well, we're not eating apple <laughs> pie. We're going to sit over here and eat a freaking pecan pie. Right. So that whole thing created a lot of oddness is what I'm becoming aware of. Like, I have no pop culture references after about 1974 or right. 73. <laughs> What happened that year? So that was the, uh, that was the TV, TV. Down, the, down the stairs year. So, okay. So, kind of going off about that, yeah. your upbringing. Tell us about the traveling Conrads. Yeah. yeah. All right. I think we've kind of we've touched on it on the morning yeah, show a little. Yeah. But it's uh, it's it's an odd one also. So uh, one of seven kids, and my dad is an Austrian dude, and um, so. He bought my mom this guitar, and the two of them would teach their seven kids these German and Austrian folk songs. Okay. And so uh, we would sing, you know, and some people would come over, and they're like, hey, let, let us put on a little, sing a song or two, right? 
And somehow or other, that turned into this side business where we're going to churches and festivals dressed up in the Austrian outfits, singing Austrian and German folk music. And it went on for, I started when I was three, and I retired at the age of 19. (laughs) Wow. So uh, it was a... How has that informed your role on the morning show? Uh, that's a great <laughs> question. A lot of polka. I will say, yeah, I love the polka music. I think also when you grow up in that kind of, like there's this performing thing that I grew up with, right, that I'm really comfortable being in front of right. people. And sure. there's also this thing where I think with experience, you just kind of quit caring about Am I going to make a mistake or screw right. up? Right. We all screw up, right? Yeah, like, right? I have a lifetime of screwing up. And that takes away some of that burden of feeling like, oh, I really have to do this great. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That's, I think that's, that helps. That's what's always struck me about you is, like, I remember even growing up watching the morning shows. Like, Larry would do a Larry's World. And, like, even if you didn't know it was coming or there was a kicker, you always had a one-liner that just killed like, uh, yeah. thank you. They could think mm-hmm. it was not funny or, oh, hey, Paul. And then you'd say one line. And I mean, it was like the funniest part yeah, of maybe good. that whole exchange. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. And I always thought, how does he do that? Yeah. I guess it was just not caring, right? Yeah, that's <laughs> something not caring. It's like, and... I'm going to put myself out there. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah. We have to get over that hump because I care a lot. Right, that is. It's hard, right? I was nervous to say that. Yeah, that is, <laughs> that's the first step of admitting it is the first step to victory. Right. right. Uh, so in college, you had a friend named John Riley. John Riley, John C. Riley, yes. So uh, I went to, I did my undergrad at DePaul at the Goodman School of Drama. Okay. And I was going to be an actor. Yeah. I don't know, you know, it's going to be an actor. And so uh, my classmate was this guy, John C. Riley, who uh, he's gone on. Yeah, you you might know him. You might know him. Yeah. Now. Maybe you've heard of him. And, right. uh, so he was an interesting, I got to know him a little bit more my junior and senior year. So at the Goodman School of Drama, they, at the time, accepted like 30 acting students, and it was this acting conservatory, and you had to get invited back to the school at the end of each year. So you were elite. Wow. You were part of an elite class was, here. Uh, yeah, elite. Yeah. And they only wind up graduating like 10 or 12 people at oh, that time, wow. right? So that senior year, me, John Riley, well, another 10 or 12 people graduated, but you got to know each other a little bit more from stuff like that. John Riley, I think I did some um, stage combat classes. <laughs> oh, wow. Awesome. I know we did a Waiting for Godot stuff oh, together. Sure. And... Uh, I will say this, and I don't think John would mind this. John was the guy who was constantly on the verge of getting thrown out of the school, uh, right? That <laughs> like, makes sense. He was yeah. remarkably talented, but he had, he had a million different things going on, and he had this laid-back attitude right. that at times doesn't fit into this conservatory sure. drive, right? But um, So he's remarkably talented and a good guy. Awesome. Um so Pat, we were kind of running some stuff by Pat. We wanted to get we were trying to get some background, background yeah. Yeah. Really yeah, yeah, figure out who Paul do our due diligence. Is. Yeah, he says used to run several marathons. Yes, and uh, that you once ended up in a Russian jail. Yeah, he called you the most interesting yeah. man in the world. Is yeah. this stuff true or is he? It pulling is true. No, yeah, I've run seven marathons. Did one in Sweden. Did awesome. one in Alaska. One in Ireland, and wow. I did the Chicago. Wow. I think I did Alaska a couple times. So that's true. I did end up in a Russian jail. This is in the 19, 1991, I believe. Okay. Uh, listen, mistakes happen, right? The, there's a language barrier there. Um, I Was her name Olga? No. <laughs> <laughs> you thought you could have ran away. Yeah. Well, it was right yeah, after right. you would think good so. Shape. Right after the Russian Revolution where all the, they're breaking up all the states. Okay. Yeah. So there is chaos in that whole area. So I'm in Kiev and um, I'm working, I'm there with a friend and I'm translating, or I got this guy who's a translator who's helping me understand stuff. And I'm like, listen, here's the other thing. This is 1991 and uh, it was shortly after Chernobyl and food was complicated to eat. Um, Like you didn't know what was going to be safe and what wasn't safe, right? And the Ukrainians, incredibly generous people, and they make you a dinner, and they bring out a goat's tongue. And 
it literally looked like they went to the goat's mouth, chopped it off, yeah, and put in a bucket of bowling water, and then put it in front of you, and it's gray, and there are all the taste buds. And I'm like, oh, this is awful. And you eat it, right? right. Okay. But so I'm there, I think I was there two, three weeks, and I'm like, I've got to get to Moscow. I just want to see Moscow. I'm in Kiev. How could, you know, I'm this close. Right. You don't want to miss that opportunity. So my translator's like, my mom works at the, tran- the train station. We'll get you a ticket. And uh, we'll have a write-out on a piece of paper so that when you want to come back from Moscow to Chicago, you, you just hold this letter up and they'll give you a train ticket back. I'm like, that's perfect. Let's give it a shot. Plus, there was a McDonald's in Moscow. <laughs> okay. And I'm like, right. that's the first place I'm going. <laughs> I'm freaking starving. <laughs> so um, I, it works out fine. I get on the overnight train. I go to Moscow. I spend... Uh, the full day in Moscow, the first stop at the McDonald's, I spent like $3 and had $700 worth of food. (laughs) I'm in Red Square. I'm looking all around. And then that night, like this was a a long haul. It was like a 10-hour overnight train. And I'm there literally, I'm going to stay there about 12 hours and then catch the train back. Right. And um, I go to get my ticket at the train station and it's complete chaos. And at that time also... Like, nothing in Russia was working right. Like, the phones, phones aren't working. You know, there was also, like, everywhere you went, the police would do anything they could to make your life difficult because they would recognize you as an American right. just to get you to give them 20 Some bucks. Yeah. Sure. And right. you were constantly Shake being down. compromised. Where I'm going to have to yeah. pay this guy off in right. order to get this stupid thing, right? Yeah. And that stuff wears on me. I don't handle that stuff yeah. well. Sure. So I get the ticket, and as I go to get on the train to come back to Kiev, the two militia guys are standing there, and they're looking at my stuff, and they say, um, visa. Mm. And so uh, what is true is that you need to have a formal visa uh, if you're an American at the time to get into... And you didn't have uh, one. I didn't have one. (laughs) So... In my quick thinking, I pull out a Visa credit card. <laughs> and they're like, yet. Uh, blah, 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 blah. There's all kinds of confusion. Right, right. And I'm trying to talk my way out of this, but they don't understand what I'm saying. And I can also clearly tell this is another one of those situations where they're just trying to jack me around for right. money. Yep. I'll be damned. I'm not doing this anymore. Right. So they escort me <laughs> to the police car. And they drive me to the Moscow City Jail. And in I go. And I'm like, what the hell's going on here? Like, they don't take my backpack. They don't take my name. They don't take my identification. They're just putting me in the right. old city clink. Right. I'm like, this, this sucks. This isn't right. I'm not giving you 20 bucks. I'm right. going to fight this fight right. here. So... I wake up the next morning. I'm still oh, sitting oh, in the no. Moscow City Jail. No. Like, God, listen, there's this other guy who looked like he was dead uh, in the corner of the jail cell with me. Right. And um, nothing is going on. It smells to high hell. Yeah. And I'm waiting for someone to come let me out. Uh-huh. And nobody stopped. <laughs> nobody asked if I wanted to talk to my attorney or right. make a call yeah. or anything like that. So I'm like, oh, this is a bad situation. <laughs> Here, I got to figure out. I should have paid those guys. How do I get out of this <laughs> place, right? So um, I'm beginning to get a little bit stressed out now after realizing what I've got myself into. I should also mention I'm, I can fall asleep like that. So like even in the <laughs> most stressful situations, I can sleep, which is a gift from God. Yeah. So now I'm on the second night. And I am in there again for a second night like this. I have got to figure out how to get this. Is, this is really getting ugly. Have you been fed? Yeah. So they oh, okay. slide. They have a tray okay. that they slide under the door. And it was some kind of gravel bread mm, yeah. that I'm sharing with this guy. No water. Oh, but mm. it's awful. Yep. I'm like, oh, I'm going to eat it. Yeah. So when the guy came the next morning and slid the stuff under I'm standing there banging on the door, showing him a $20 bill to get me out. Uh-huh. And um, the guy looks at me, 
and he walks off. I'm like, oh, crap, that didn't work. And I'm yelling to him. He comes back 30 seconds later, opens up the door. I hand him the $20 bill. He walks me right out the front door, and I'm back on my way again. I'm like, I should have done that like two days ago. It would have been so much easier. How was, what was I thinking? But you took a stand. Yeah, I took a stand. Took a yeah. stand against the commies. At least for like just 40-some hours, yeah. I was holding strong right. against the commies. Against those commies. Take that. Yeah. So, uh, That's an amazing story. <laughs> I get back to the train station, get right on the next train, and I'm back. And all the better for it. Wow. So that's a, you know, oh, wow. that's a pretty good experience. You so know, stand up for your principles. Yeah. Right. There's, there's <laughs> a huge amount of embarrassment and shame over, like, the stupidity and arrogance of, <laughs> yes. just give the guy. If I give him five bucks, they would have, you know, Probably been fine with it, right? Right. I'm here jacking around with that. But, so, I've had, you know, better moments in my life. Oh. That's amazing. So we've talked about it on the morning show. We've yeah. talked about your acting background. Yeah. You played a waiter on an episode of Felicity yeah. back in 2000. Yeah. Can you deliver that line? Yeah, yeah. Us? Let me give it to you right now. Let me work the camera a little bit here also. Did you order the ribs? Oh, there it was. Right. That was beautiful. Yeah. And he said no. He said no, but the reality is he did order the ribs. He was just in such a bad place and so distracted that he didn't know that he ordered the ribs. Because I remember, like, you know, as a method actor, I'm like, right. this guy, right. I'm not ordering ribs for the guy if he didn't order ribs right, right? right so when i'm asking did you order the ribs like i know he ordered the ribs i'm just looking for him to move his hand so i can put the plate down right it's a complex so, narrative arc well listen to this i mean this is where the story is also kind of got this international thing going on with it right so we do this thing and frankly i'm like why would they waste the amount of time and energy to send me out there all i say is did you order the ribs in this whole hour-long show of felicity right and, um, like, they flew me out there. I spent three days out there. We were doing ad campaigns about Watch Paul on Felicity tonight. Like, they were blowing the budget out, and I'm on it for three seconds, right? So it all passes. And, again, now it's about a year later, and I am in Riga, Latvia, all right? And I'm in a hotel room with my wife, and... I'm flipping through the channels and finding anything to watch in Riga, Latvia is not easy to find. And I flip and I'm like, this is Felicity. And it had uh, English subtitles. And, or maybe with a lot, I can't remember. One of they were reversed, right? And uh, I'm like, hey, this is, not only is it Felicity, this is the episode that I'm in. <laughs> so I'm like, Hey, get my wife, and we're watching it, and there I am. Wow. I deliver it, and I see it out of my own two eyes in Latvia, right? And I'm like, this is unbelievable. And I kid you not, at the end, as the credits roll, the very first credit on there says, starring Paul Conrad. <laughs> I'm like, this is amazing. How did... How did that happen? And I'm like, I have become an international sex symbol like that. And I wasn't even, had I not been there and actually see it myself, right. I wouldn't have known. Woo! Amazing, right? That is. That really is. That's the power it, of WGN. Yeah, may not have taken off here, but in Latvia. No, yeah, in Latvia, man. I huge, was huge. I was one. worried walking the streets yeah. the next day thinking right. people are going to be all over me. Get some security. Yeah, if you can find that clip, it's worth showing. Man. Well, uh, back here at home, uh, we work at Channel 9. Obviously, there's a, aside from you, yeah. the international sex symbol, yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a living legend in our midst, Tom Skilling. Yeah. Can you remember the first time you met Tom Skilling? Ooh, I think I can. Um, so I met Tom. This is probably 1993 or four, something like that. I was working at CLTV, and I had been hired at CLTV uh, to kind of set up the weather department there. So... Like, my job was to go through resume tapes, and we're going to build our weather staff. And what everybody knew was if you could do anything to get Skilling's endorsement, uh, that would be the best possible thing that you could do. Sure. So um, at the time, CLTV was a startup out in Oak Brook. And so I contacted Skilling, and I'm like, hey, would you be fine if I just stop by? I have some questions, Steve. And he's like, oh, yeah, come on in. So met him that night. The guy is remarkably kind and welcoming and gracious and is so generous 
in everything that he does. Uh, it, it's He's such an anomaly because he's one of these guys who has such a large presence, right? Like he's the king of TV anywhere, right? Like everyone looks at him like he's the guy. And yet he's got the heart of, you know, this humble. Right. It's amazing, right? I've, I, so, um, so I start working here. This is 1996 or so. And we had this weather system that kept locking up, ironically, and it would infuriate and frustrate Skilling to no end. And this was back when he was doing the noon show. And I'm in there, and he comes in to the weather office after doing a hit on the air, and the weather computer locked up on him. And he came back, and he goes, oh, my gosh. My whole career is flashing in front of me as I'm standing out there, and I can't get this weather computer to advance. I'm thinking, this could be my last day. Like, this, this, this is awful. can't believe this happened to me. I'm sitting there going... You're Tom freaking Skilling. Right, right. You could take a it. dump on the set in the middle of the newscast. <laughs> no one's going to fire you, Tom. You're Tom Skilling. He goes, oh, no. I, I cannot believe that. I'm like, that guy has got the humility right. of a saint. Right. And he continues to kind of live that out. It's, it, I'm embarrassed at my, <laughs> my arrogance and my selfishness. And I'm like, this guy, like anytime the phone rings in the weather office, I haven't I honestly have not um, answered my phone or checked my voicemail at this work in 15 years. No, I have no idea how to answer it. I've just never used it. And um, I've touched I have no idea. Right. And they got new ones in about five years ago, so I don't even know how they work. But Tom, the phone rings back there, and he picks it up and answers it. And we'll talk. To anybody. Right. And, uh, like, I stopped answering primarily because my mom and sister were calling. <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to get it. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I'm at work. No. I don't have time for this. But, you know, boys that are 10 years old are calling because they're looking for help with their science project. Right. And he'll talk with them for 45 minutes to help them with their project. Right. I'm like, the guy is got a heart of gold on him. Yeah. It's embarrassing. I'm like, I am. There's part of me that I'm like, I have really become this arrogant, you know, self-centered <laughs> jag off you know <laughs> so uh yeah and and skilling's so nice he he was able you know we've had him in the morning show a few times yeah. we also had him come to a uh, downtown marriott yeah in the past few months for yeah. a primetime special uh we got you in a bathtub we yeah. got skilling in a robe yeah. uh have any regrets no nothing that's like no. one of the highlights of my time working here. Yeah, all right. my favorite yeah. thing is they keep using it in like every promo <laughs> yeah. for weather. Yeah, they're milking that. Right. You. Yeah. I tell you what, I, you know, like, I see skilling, right? And I still have that same reaction of probably the guy who watches him at home every night and sees him in the park and is like, hey, it's Tom Skilling. Right. I still get this thing like, this is Tom Skilling. So that, right. like we're shooting that thing in the hotel room and I'm sitting there thinking, this is absolutely unbelievable. I'm in a hotel room half naked with Tom Skilling. And we're having a conversation. This right. is amazing, right? There's still, I'm like, this is awesome. Right. I can't believe this is playing out. How do you how do you think we feel? We grew up watching right. you guys. Right. We were so dumbstruck. He wore a hat the whole time. Right. Yeah, right. Nobody even no thought, hey, we forgot. No. Tom, can you take your hat off? I didn't have the courage to say it. I'm like, what the hell is he wearing a hat for? I'm not going to ask him. It's Tom freaking Skilling. He can do whatever he wants to do. And he's so do. nice. He delivered like the lines for us, 87. I don't like that one. Let me do yeah. it again. We're like, Tom, right. you nailed it. Yeah, you it nailed was great. Yeah, fine. It was unbelievable. He is so impressive, yeah. right? Like, he is. Good for him that he's still willing to – got to believe that like he and I could not be more polar opposites as far as how we do our Approach weather, right? To, yeah. But he has always just been so – gracious and generous with me i'm like oh that guy is the best yeah he is i told ross before we did that that this is the biggest shoot of our lives yeah. <laughs> it really was it was and it, really it stands was. yes yeah and, and i got i gotta say like i can never imagine like i don't have the courage to go up to tom and say hey tom would you help me out with this little bit that I'm trying to do? Because I'm like, I'm ashamed that I'm asking the king to visit the pauper and right. to play in my cesspool of crap, right? It's right. ignorance. Right. That's, that's how I... But he's always yeah. like, yeah, sure, I'd be glad We're to help We're this out. close to getting Oprah. Right. Yeah. This close. Yeah. We were right there. Right. Seriously, though. 
<sighs> Maybe we just missed your phone call. Yeah. I don't know. But he's amazing. And he's brilliant. Like, here's another thing that you don't realize. So we had these guys selling satellite data come in, and, you know, they set up their monitor, and it's got some storm system in it. And Skilling looks at it, and he goes, oh, I remember that. That's May 18th, uh, 19-something or other. you got to be kidding me. He goes, you know, we had a high temperature that day of 84, and we had uh, this, this, and this. And I'm like, I don't remember what I said the forecast was this morning. <laughs> and this guy's got the recall to pull out that kind of stuff. I'm like, yeah. it was, and the guy was like, yeah, you're absolutely right. That was May 18th. You know, and I'm like, like, good grief. So the guy's got his mental capacity and his ability right. to process huge numbers is and his passionate. memory is He's unbelievable. So yeah, so impressive. Uh, all right, well, switching gears, uh, let's talk about your life outside the office. Yes. You have like 16 kids? 17 kids, right. yeah. 17. Yeah. 17. Yeah. Congratulations. Yeah, I just had another one in this morning. i got to get to the hospital <laughs> right after this uh, to greet them. And I'm also taking name submissions if you guys oh, want right. to throw it in. I'd be glad. Samantha. To. They have to be German <laughs> or uh, yeah, whatever at this Disney point. Disney-inspired. Yeah. We're running out of names at this point. Uh, I've got four kids, but it does feel like 17 uh, they are all under the age of 16, 16, 14, uh, 10, and 8. And um, uh, I am richly blessed by having uh, these four kids. They are my great joy in my life. So that's one thing. Like I do, a, I am very engaged in my children's. This, the beauty of this morning shift is that I walk out of here and my day is done. I'm typically home by 11.30 every day. And that allows me to, in the summertime, be with my kids. I can coach their baseball and softball and all that other stuff at night. So that's awesome. So it's, it's a blast for me. Are you, any traveling Conrad stuff you're going to No. Um, I mean, as far as... Uh, <laughs> With them, carrying uh, on the tradition. Down. No, uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I think I'm trying to spare them that emotional damage. Uh, that was, right. they, and in fact, um, they are uh, the epitome of... They're like, no, I'm not going to perform for you. Like, I remember as a kid, like, I had to perform. Like, if we're going to yeah. sing that song, you're going to put a smile on your face, right. and I'm going to sing along, right? right? But my kids are like, hey, how about you? Would you play this uh, song on your violin? Uh, no, Dad. I, how about just for me? Right. Uh, no, no, I'm not going to. And they are, like, the worst. My daughter, who's now 14, from the time she was, like, three, I'd come in, and I'm like, I've got some great magic or something a song i want to sing for you thinking i'm really gonna wow her and bring her some happiness and i deliver and she gives me nothing she's like i'm like ah, all right i got i'm on tv you know right. I, 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 I got people actually think i'm fun and funny she's then nothing out of them so good. somebody bring they bring you yeah down they absolutely come home bring, bring you back down. to the reality that's, that's that good i'm a loser we uh heard i think pat told us this your wife won't let you uh, get a dog you she want to weigh in on that? Dog. This is a big problem. So you want a dog? And trust me, I've done the math. Yeah. Uh, i got to keep my wife uh, because right. the expense-wise, it doesn't work out. It makes it, you got 17 <laughs> kids, one yeah. dog. Well, right. yeah, I mean, one they, more. She would notice. Get lost in yeah, the this has been a – I had a dog for 18 years. Beautiful dog, golden retriever. It's now with the Lord. Uh, <laughs> but um, she's like – look, I've been – jonesing for a dog for a long yeah, time right? right and i got these kids i'm like look how happy these yeah. kids would be and she's like listen the last thing we need around here is one more animal leaving right. crap behind right. and if there's one more person who comes into this house or an animal right. it's real simple i'm leaving okay and i'm like ah, that makes uh, sense. it's a hard that's a hard, it's a hard one, choice right? it is a hard choice but listen you do the math on it right. and you're like this is a, okay i can live without a dog Maybe right. I'm waiting for something. It went so far as I've got my kids at night when she sits down to pray with them. I'm saying, listen, pray out loud right. to your mom that maybe God would allow us to have a dog in the house, see if that softens her heart right. any. But she's locked in on no it. No luck. Maybe yet. Robin let you like, loan your Oscar. Yeah. 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 But you know how you you guys have dogs at all? I do. I have a, a pit bull mix she's a nightmare i love her i tell her every day i'm gonna put her down but right. i don't mean right. it but you're trying but to get I, control yeah yeah exactly and but she doesn't understand all has of that no idea yeah. what i'm saying people get really offended when i say terrible things right, but she doesn't she's yeah. a dog she, she doesn't know she's that an stuff. idiot yep. i'm she kidding idiot. i love dogs right. all the dog owners but she doesn't understand them. the language no right but my dog so like he was 18 and 
at the time, maybe he was at 15, and he, uh, like, his stomach wasn't working right. Like, mm-hmm. the stuff that was coming out wasn't yeah, in any yeah, way, yeah, shape, or form right. right. And so I'm thinking, this is it. This is the final straw. So we go on this long walk through the park, and I'm talking to him. I'm, I'm upset emotionally, but yeah. this is my last goodbye, and then we're going to the vet. And I get into the vet, and the vet's like, yeah, he's just got some uh, digestive. Here, take these pills. He'll be fine. I'm like, what? I just spilled all of this to the dog, and now, you know, this is I've lost all my leverage with him. So then he lives three more years. Wow. But I got a good run out of him. Yeah. Yeah. So. Uh, so you've been posting a lot of photos on social media of this rooftop patio you've oh, yeah. been building. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Ross and I got to know, when should we come by? Memorial yeah. Day? Is that we keep is asking. Day Memorial or? Day may be a little late. Uh, oh. oh, okay. I'm hoping, you know, I think the first day that's over 40 or okay. 50. All right. All right. I got this uh, fire table that I'm building out oh. there right now. Oh, and funny. I'm telling the guy, like... I don't want little flames on this fire type. Right. I want big flames. Big flames <laughs> right? marshmallows. Like, who flames. wants a little yeah. flame? If, like, I want it to be like a four-foot flame coming oh, out of there. Man. And don't, I don't care what the city code is. Let's right. let this thing rip. I want right. people to be able to see it. Right. I want to feel it from downstairs. Sure. That when that thing's on, that like the roof is lifting off right. of the building. Right. So uh, I think by the end of April, we should okay. be ready to roll Bring on the that beer. thing. So yeah. Memorial Day may be too late because the whole building may be. Maybe on fire. Right. <laughs> Okay. So, but it'll be in the news, likely. You know what the kids say, YOLO. YOLO, yeah, that's right, YOLO. That is exactly right. That's been a project and a half, but I tell you what, it's going to be awesome when it's done. Yeah, it looks sweet. I mean, you had cranes out there. I mean, man. So many cranes. (laughs) Crane expert now. Cranes are expensive also. It's really fascinating. You think cranes are really complicated. They're really not. Right. Like, it's just, they got a long rope. You tie it right. on tight, and you flip it yeah. up onto the roof. Right. You kill some people, but it's not that complicated. Right. Which is weird, because I once applied to almost write for, like, a crane daily, like a publication. Uh, yeah. I didn't get the job. But yeah. It, yeah. Right. It's not as dangerous as you think yeah, it right. is. Yeah, right. What do you need a publication for? Like right. Weekly? Yeah, who's reading right. that? Yeah. <laughs> You made the right choice by coming here. I know, I know. Well, it's very similar. Although, if they have a good podcast. (laughs) That's true. Yeah, might help them out there. Um, So before we get to the end here, what's what's your biggest accomplishment, if you could put that into words? Okay. Well, uh, the first thing that I always think about is that um, I got my driver's license on the first uh, go at it. Yeah. A lot of people, uh, it takes them two, three times. But, like, when I think about my great accomplishments in life, boom. Yeah. Got first that one try. Right like that. Yeah. So that's one. Okay. Uh, professionally, I do still think there's a part of me that is still chuckling and surprised that I'm still working. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, it's, it doesn't, in many ways, it makes no sense that this is, a job that I'm getting paid yeah, for. We say that every day, yeah, too. It's unbelievable. Even, yeah. It's a surprising thing. So there's part of me that feels like, you know, when I am finally fired or if I don't show up here anymore, I'm going to be like, that was an unbelievable run. Right. Like, yeah. I, I went a long time and nobody knew <laughs> what, you know, what that a shame fraud. this yeah. whole thing was, right? <laughs> right. I made it a long stretch. Yeah, man. Uh, so, I don't know. That's part of it. Uh, other great accomplishments. Yeah, I can't think. Uh, that driving thing is a that's big, big deal for that's me. That's a big one. You know, the other reality is, and I'll say this to you kids out there, I'm not ACT. You know, I think, like, if you get your name, if you spell your name right on the ACT, you get a 14, right? Right. right. I got a 17 hey, out of, like, 35. That's so really good. You wrote the date. I got the data. Yeah, right. probably right. <laughs> like, it was an awful score. Like, I was embarrassed at the time, and I'm like, God, what am I? I'm going to have to lie to everybody, tell them I got a 21 or something, right? right? Uh-huh. So I retook it because I'm like, I got to be smarter than a 17. Yeah, sure. And I get a, I think it was an 18. Okay. And I'm like, well, yeah, see, I yeah. Right. Yeah. And the thing is, they only let you take it three times. But had I taken oh. it like 25 times, I could have gotten it to like a 28 right. or a 30. Well, what do you, you want like driving that. skills or you want right. s- That's smarts? That's exactly right. right. I mean, you the practicality. Book so, you know, so testing has never been like a strength of mine. In fact, when we had, 
you know, they do that uh, test for quarterbacks, IQ. Oh, you know, yeah, the, yeah. Whatever that's Gosh, called. Uh, it's something test, I right? I can't think of it now. Yeah. Uh, and they give it all to these guys at the NFL yeah. Combine right. to find out who's really smart, who's right. going to. And so we did it on the air here. And I'm like, oh, good. And they give you like 12 questions or something. And this happens every time. Like I take the test and I walk out of there and I'm like, ooh, I think I got every one of those right. right. Like I don't think I got one wrong. Right. And every time I'm not even close to being right. Like I'm, <laughs> I suck. And so I don't know whether I'm just a bad test taker or if I'm just dumb. Right. And I'm open to either one of those possibilities. <laughs> There's a lot of evidence that it's leaning towards the latter of those two. But... I'm just saying I'm a bad test taker. I always hated those quizzes where they were like, okay, write your name. And then they're like, all right, you have 10 minutes. And if you would have read like the first sentence that says, please don't do anything after this. This is right. just right. we're testing right. so right. if you can read directions. Right. Yeah. And you're over there like, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Every test, that's, that's just, I'm not good at them. Whew. All right. Well, well, I feel like I've really bared my yeah, soul. Yeah, you really have. We appreciate yeah. it. Um, yeah. uh, just, just to wrap up here today, uh, on the morning show today, during your courtesy counter segment, you asked Larry and Robin how they were going to celebrate you oh, yeah. for National Weather Person's Day. Today yeah. is National Weather Person's yeah. Day. You, they didn't even give you a sheet cake. Nothing. Yeah. So on this joyous day, we thought we'd light a candle, light the candle over there. Yeah, Nobody, the candle. All right. Don't I, nice. Yeah. And yeah, uh, we're going to sing you a song. Oh. Feel free to get in here. All right. Yeah. Okay. No. All right. All right. Yeah. It goes like From this. the top. One, right. two, two, three. three. Happy, Happy National, National Weather Person's Day to you. Happy National Weather Person's Day to me. Thank you. Happy National Weather Person's Day to Guys, Paul, did you write that yourself? We did. That's we an did. original. That's not a takeoff of anything. Yeah, yeah. that's really sweet. From the bottom of our hearts, we thank you for staying beyond your 16-hour work week. Hopefully, you can put in for the overtime. Yeah. Let us know about that rooftop party. Yeah, I will. Thank I've already put so in much. the request for overtime already. Looking thank for a comp day. Truly, we love you. We thank love. You. We, we love. Thank yeah. you, gents. Did you say love you? Yeah. yeah. Love all my love. All right. Oh. Thank you, Paul. Yeah. That's good Ooh, stuff. I got sweaty. I'm, I'm sweaty, sweaty too, yeah. yeah.